0: Hungary has always been a a wine country. We don't want to be the next big thing. We want to be the next uh, small thing. Let's say there are two things you cannot copy. uh, Creativity and hard work. For the majority of us, it's a a choice of life and a choice of lifestyle. And if you're not finding happiness in the process, then you're doing something wrong.
1: Hello and welcome to Season 3 of Another Round with Plato. The podcast that gives you an insight into fermentation. Today we have uh, Martin Sefczyk from the Hungarian brewery Mad Scientist with us as a guest. And uh, their brewery is one of the highest rated in all of Europe, showcasing modern beer style as well as experimentation with alternative fermentation, oak barrels, mead and more. Join me now in my talk with Martin. Uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome to the podcast Martin Sefczyk, uh business development manager over at Mad Scientists in Hungary. Thank you for for joining me, Martin.
0: Uh, it's uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, just a few words about the business development manager stuff. Uh, when I started at the brewery, you know, I just had to come up with the signature, and that was like that was you know like okay, I, I will do this. Uh, I, I just recently figured it out that on paper you know we all have these work descriptions also on paper I'm a,
1: I'm a head of sales and also the head of marketing so but isn't that usually how it goes you sort of you come into you come into this this industry uh, and unless you're working for a, a, a big uh, manufacturer a big brewery uh, you just end up with uh, with doing everything and having one title which doesn't describe more than maybe 10% of the workflow. Well, yeah, it's a it's a small business, and just
0: like at every small business, we have really flexible roles. So I believe I believe that's that's the beauty of it, and there's a reason why why all these crazy people work for all these uh, small companies because I yeah. believe I believe most of us understood how we how we take our times and how we feel comfortable, and we don't mm. want. We don't want the small business to be a big multinational corporation in small. So yep. we try to enjoy the ride, whatever whatever the small uh, company environment uh, uh, provides us.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because originally you you did not come from uh, from beer. Uh, from my understanding, so you came into Mad Scientist um, about five years ago. Yeah. Uh, but before that, you've been doing a lot of um, a lot of sales uh, sales work and uh, and freelance work, from my understanding.
0: With my wife, we've always been around Hungarian craft beer ever since you can call uh, something craft beer in Hungary. I'm really mm. bad with the with remembering. Uh, all these years, uh, maybe because of the booze, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, but like, you know, like 10, 11, 12 years ago, we, we've always been really good customers and we've always shown up at these small crab beer festivals, been regulars at those very few crab beer shops and festivals, uh, whatever, uh, bars. Uh, we always just wanted to make sure, you know, we earn our money in the right way, so we can spend it in the right way. Just you know, mm. tipping the bartender and not really, not really being worried about uh, if an imperial stout costs you know 10 euros or 12 euros. You know, like uh, these days, you know, we're buying IPA cans for this price. But yep. uh, sometimes you know, even for more expensive. But back then, you know, it was these were crazy prices. Long story Mm. short, uh, we never really wanted to work with beer, not in a professional way, because we felt like beer was always our hobby and we didn't Mm. want to compromise that. And Even a few years ago, you know, before I started to work with Budapest Beer Weekend at Mad Scientist, uh, uh, I received some some job offers I I didn't take because... uh, because I never wanted to, to do a mediocre work at a mediocre brewery. I didn't want to mm. do these, you know, small lies. Yeah, this is a fantastic beer. No, it's not. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, uh, it's it's really crazy to think about that. And uh, I've been I've been a man of all trades. Uh, I used I used to coach tennis uh, for many years because uh, I have a professional past. I used yeah. to be a one-man agency. Uh, I used to work for a guerrilla marketing company. So it wasn't just sales. It was just, you know, uh, I was always doing what I thought I had to do. But in my, in my 30s, in my mid-30s, I realized that it was just you know, a really classic moment. we have been living abroad, working for an e-commerce company. I was just putting on my shirt getting ready for another office day. And I was asking myself in the mirror early in the morning, like, is this, is this the life I wanted to do? <laughs> like, you know, have I been dreaming about this? And yeah, long story short, uh, I found my answers and uh, I never looked back. I burned all my business cards. I gave away most of my shirts. And, and yeah, uh, ever since then, it's all in and no regrets about that.
1: Mm. Yeah, because you uh, now, of course, you work at Mad Scientist, but but you also started a uh, Budapest Beer Week, which I uh, remember were actually here in Oslo about th- three or four years ago. Uh, and then, of course, the question uh, becomes, uh, what is Hungarian beer? Now, I the the one that uh, most people know uh, obviously is going to be Dreher, uh, the, the the crisp lager, uh, the generic Pilsner uh, pale lager that you'll find every, everywhere, but with a very long story, of course. But but uh, where is Hungarian beer now?
0: Uh, talking about Dreher, while I'm not a huge fan of the beer itself, I mean, I can drink a, a macro lager, you know, no worries. You can, you can see me cracking open a cold one, you know, anytime, all the time, uh, because I'm a beer drinker but there was something i could never i could just never stomach there's something in the recipe i just i (laughs) i just i just don't like which is such a shame as JR is uh is one of those og uh, breweries in budapest Uh, they started to shape uh, hungarian beer uh, in the 19th century and we are basically in one of those uh, old brewery buildings, on the same mm. street as Dreher, uh that uh, that started uh, the Hungarian beer revolution. Hungary has always been a wine country, uh, and uh, and long story short, and fast forward to today, we're still carrying the torch on the same street, on the same spot, mm. uh, and. Uh, and uh, during the past 10 years, I believe we made Budapest a beer city. I cannot really talk on the behalf of the whole country because Budapest is pretty different from the countryside. Uh, but uh, but right now Budapest is a great uh, city to be at on a Friday night or, you know what, on a Wednesday uh, noon as well. Uh mm. There's uh, in the party district, uh, which is like really, I mean, like the center of Budapest. You cannot walk into a convenience store or a restaurant or a bar without having a craft beer option. And I believe that's a that's a huge win. That you don't mm. need to explain what is craft beer. Uh, I'm, you know, it's different on the countryside, and it's different, you know, on in the outskirts of Budapest, but. I believe we achieved uh, so many things, and we are more developed when it comes to craft beer than the region. So, mm. so yeah, uh, Budapest beer city. That's uh, that's that's the thing. That's uh, I keep saying this so many times, and uh, in my head, it's you know this has already come true, and I hope mm. that uh, that uh, this projection will will appear in more and more heads
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so so throughout um, the 2010s there are more breweries uh, coming uh, but in 2006 that's that's when sort of the uh, uh, the more known brewery uh, mad scientist uh, got started uh, 2016, uh, how,
0: 2016
1: 16 yeah yeah uh, and then so so the question is um, can you tell me a little bit about the uh, origins of the the brewery and the name?
0: Uh, So Mad Scientist was started with a really scientific approach, although uh, I joined uh, the team two years later uh, because uh, since we've always been involved around Hungary and craft beer, mostly as consumers, but, you know, we also did a bit of uh, blogging with a few friends and uh, being judges at Crabby competitions. You know, the regular story, being home brewers, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, so we always knew the guys. Uh, so we, I believe we've been their first press and they're one of their very first visitors as well. Mm. So I believe 2016 was, uh, was uh, literally one of those last years where you could start an independent brewery from your savings you know maybe maybe you got a bit of money from your parents maybe you know your grandmother has died and you inherited a half house or whatever so i call them you know the years of innocence where yeah. when you know you didn't need any any big money investors telling you what to do you could just get together with uh, two of your friends and you'll be like yeah man let's do this and uh, my really good friends uh, Tomás, Gergo and Chaba, the original owners founders of the brewery uh, who are still active working uh, they are my closest colleagues to this day uh, they they were like, yeah, like this is, this is the time to make it uh, because they knew uh, they will get older, they will get less flexible, they were about to have kids with their wives. So they were like, yeah, if not now, then never. And yeah, then the rest is history. We are still, you know, seven years have passed and, uh, and we're still talking about math scientists and, and it's, a, it's a great thing. With craft beer, uh, you know, you cannot really plan for for not you know, not five years, not for a year. Uh I, I keep talking to breweries and owners and managers and whatever all across Europe and everybody's planning for for three to six months. So mm. so yeah, it's a it's a great thing that uh you know what we do here in Budapest, it's uh it's a reliable thing across Europe, and we can we have the privilege to talk about stuff. I I mean mm. I mean it's a cliche, but uh, this uh, this never fails to amaze me.
1: Mm. Yeah. But so so how was to start? You you're coming in a, in a fairly young market uh craft beer was available but i can only imagine it wasn't a huge thing in uh in in anywhere <laughs> uh what was some of the what was some of the, like the the first learnings for for the company uh, starting in such a market
0: oh so many things to learn about yeah <laughs> uh but but like let's let's talk about the market because i don't want to bore anyone with the uh, uh the first few mistakes of a starting company uh, because here here in hungary we, i believe we don't really have this kind of entrepreneur culture it's not in our dna it's uh and when i you know i when during the warm-up i talked about slovakia and Czech republic and poland and whatever so i believe this is a part of the dna with these regions uh mm. we grew up in an environment where you know you couldn't you couldn't have your own company and neither did you know your parents your grandparents so uh it was all about the state telling you what to do and what you should uh, do for a living where you should work for blah 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 you know big brother Mm. was always uh uh well not watching you but you know like uh, uh telling you what to do and what not to do so long story short i believe like all the starter businesses are struggling from this and that but talking about the market it was a magical time because uh, once brewery announced a new beer, uh, suddenly all the bar owners uh, showed up with trucks and they were just standing in lines, you know, to get that mm-hmm. beer and to make sure, you know, it's on tap. And it's, uh, you know, when, when we think about this stuff... Uh, even, even the new guys working for the format scientists they, they would be like, "Sure thing, grandpa, you know, let's, mm. uh, let's get you to bed. Of course. Of course the distributors were here lining up without you know without you sending out a partner newsletter with prices. It was just like you know you made just a really quick uh, Facebook post and like boom, you know a batch is sold out. Get back mm. you know get back uh, to the brew house and start brewing the second batch already.
1: <laughs> yeah so so, but I can only imagine a, a lot has changed since the start since the start. You've been um, uh, around the world brewing as well uh, throughout these these years, uh, and one of the things which I find uh, found uh, kind of interesting researching a little bit about mad scientists and something that uh, I think is kind of unique in terms of a way to connect with the customer is your barrel project um that you're you're doing could you, could you share a little bit of the insight into what that is and why it was started
0: of course of course but uh like uh, you know it's it's it, uh, as you said it's like connecting with the customers it's it's always a part of our game uh and we don't as we don't want to be the next big thing we want to be the next uh, small thing we want to be you know the approach of a brewery not you know not the brewery you see at the supermarket. But the brewery that, like, yeah, I met those guys. I had their beers. I want to try them again. Uh, I believe everything is really custom-tailored these days by artificial intelligence, and everything is getting really corporate, Mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing. Like, don't get this wrong. But uh, a few little number of uh, customers, uh, they will always want more, something, you know, something... Personal, and we're really focusing on that. Uh, mm. The way we try to connect with uh, with our audience and the customers, the way we communicate, it's really we're trying to keep that really easygoing and and unique. Uh, I don't want you to feel like there's this big machine creating all this content. <laughs> uh, but on the other thing, since you know we don't have this pressure to to be the next Mikellar or Brewdog. Uh, since we're really happy with the size uh, we do now, and how ah, we work, uh, we have the freedom to say this: that yeah, okay, I don't need to fit into everybody's pockets. I don't mm. need to please everybody. Uh, so that's that's really liberating, and that's really giving us uh, freedom. But uh, but yeah, to to also answer your question, because uh, so far it was just uh, some blah blah blah. But uh, but the, <laughs> the barrel club is, uh, we have a closed a Facebook group called Barrel Club with uh, 1,200 members and Mm. uh, since the number of barrel-aged releases is uh, is really limited, uh, usually we do between 240 and uh, 680 bottles of these like super premium, vexed, uh, stamped, you know, beautiful bottles. Some, you know, our next release, Night of the Witch, it's, uh, it's been resting in a gin barrel for, for two years. So, it's you know, it's, it's, for us, it's not really about quantity, just to say another cliche. But uh, but we have a really limited number of these bottles. And it's good, you know, we don't want to upscale. We don't want to do, you know, four barrels. And we don't want to even comp- make, you know, compromises with... Uh, putting on a more expensive uh, uh, label when it comes to the price Mm. Mm. Uh, so we want these beers to be still affordable so this means that uh, usually we have uh, let's say uh, 700 or 800 people trying to get a precious bottle that you know maybe we made like uh, 240 of Mm. so we need to we need to make sure to keep everybody happy. Uh, so, uh, of course, we have uh, the platform to communicate more about barrel-aged stuff, ingredients, the processes. We can be really honest with the audience, like, yeah, sorry, guys, we screwed this up, so we're going to do this and this, or, yeah, we understand why you feel disappointed. It's uh, mm. it's a, For us, it's a conversation. It's not like, you know... We're coming down to the people to tell them to tell them something that's craved into stone.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and and I believe our customers appreciate this kind of approach. So whenever we we do a release like this, you you can apply, you take part in a draw, uh, just like you know it's a Champions League football ticket or Olympics, yeah. whatever. And if you're selected, then you can purchase the bottle. And then mm. I'm sending a really limited number of these bottles to our distributors because we export to 25 countries, uh, more or less on a regular basis. So our top export markets like Denmark, Slovakia, the Netherlands, you know, these distributors have the opportunity to grab a few extra bottles as well. Because I uh, these beers, you know, beers are meant to be, you know, enjoyed. They are not, you know, we keep forgetting about this because everything is about sales and numbers and whatever. Mm. Uh, But, you know, like the reason why we started this because we love beers. We enjoy beers. And with these uh, releases, they are not meant to be go on a stock market. They are meant to be opened up on a Friday night. So mm. that's why that's why we try to make sure is they are well distributed. You know, sometimes you can find a few bottles in Thailand or Singapore yeah. or whatever, and it's all good. I'm just really happy. Our, th- our Thai distributor mm. they send me the picture from their you know Christmas party and you know i'm just freezing cold here in <laughs> europe and they're in the flip-flops and uh, and and shorts and trying to open up these wax bottles <laughs> at the christmas party
1: i love that it's hilarious <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think what you're doing with the with the barrel project, the way I perceive it at least, because it's like you said, uh, at the end of the day, it's about sales. And and for you guys, I mean, uh beers like Liquid Cocaine, Mango Bay, um Jam seventy-two are the ones that I remember are like stables. It's the ones that it's, it's your your, uh, your bread and butter, right? But in this in this um uh, in this uh, sort of race of sales, uh, connecting with the customer is maybe something that is is lost. Would you say that uh, doing the barrel project the way you do it, uh, is that a way to remind yourself that the customer is out there and is a fan? Do you get any good feedback from them that you bring forward in the, in the process of Mad Scientist? Uh, well, you know, the
0: Barrel Club as a Facebook group is a safe place. I mean, of course, you can connect, get connected with the customers and untapped as well.
1: Mm. But, you know, the, in the
0: safe space, you know, I, I mean, if you don't, if you don't like uh, us, if you don't like me, how we communicate, uh, of course, you will not be present at the, at the Barrel Club. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, you'll you'll still be going through our beers, and you can. Say, I mean, I understand, I get it. Like, you don't need to like us. I mean, it's it's since we stand for so many things, and we st- really have uh, this vision. Uh, to me, it's not you know no hard feelings. I mean, I understand mm. that you know we're the best people uh, in the world, but you know, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, like uh, I don't expect uh, everybody to see this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but uh, just you know as you put it like mango bean and liquid cocaine and gem 72 and whatever you know, we we make uh, we make a profit with these beers uh, mm. with the barrel project i mean you cannot put uh, really a price tag on something that's been in the barrel for for two years you know buying these barrels for three four five six hundred euros and just mm. spending all this money on Natural ingredients, you know, no aromas, no artificial flavor, no bullshit. Uh, so it's uh, and and yeah, the know-how. Bolage Danish, uh, mm. my wonderful colleague. Uh, he's uh, he's the cellar master and and he's working with all these barrels and i've been working closely with him for more than five and a half years and his knowledge is just something that never fails to amaze me you know uh, i could i could think that i figured out everything about beer and you know and, uh, and you know with the I know more than you approach, uh, and it's it's really it's really a humbling experience talking to my colleagues my colleagues who I'm you know I'm associated with uh, not just five but seven days a week, uh, and there's still even to me so many things to learn. So it's really a mm. a motivating environment, and and you know the saying that if you feel like you're the smartest person in the room you know just get the fuck out of that room i never yeah. get that i never get that feeling you know i'm i'm working with all these chemists and engineers and even even my wife is an engineer you know mm. so the uh, of course you know brewers and and winemakers and whatever who, who, who are involved with the with the mad scientist process so i keep asking myself like what the hell am i doing here why did, <laughs> why didn't these really smart people figure out yeah that uh, i have no idea about anything so mm. so yeah it's really it's really it's really motivating it's a, it's a, every day it's a, it's it's i mean again another cliche but but how can you talk about uh, this really young uh, and uh, and vibrant uh, startup environment uh, without cliches. It's it's really hard to, to talk about it, but it's mm. it's a, every day you're going into the brewery, and and it's a challenge. Uh, you know, even though you have figured out how you're gonna spend your day, uh, things just you know snap and and. Uh, uh, as Michael Scott would say, the turntables turn at the blink of an eye. Yeah. So <laughs> so yeah, uh it's uh, what we what what is for sure that we you know we stand for quite a few things and and being uh staying in touch with our, our customers and, and being approachable is is really important for us. And that's I believe that's the main difference. No I, that's one of the main differences. Uh, between us and uh, and the macro breweries like like Uh that uh, we will always have a personality and we will always have a face, and that's yeah. something that the big uh, big breweries uh, will never be able to achieve.
1: Yeah, uh, you you have a good point there. It's more about the people than the. Uh, than the money so to speak and then then there uh, is a taste. i mean
0: don't don't get this wrong we are a profit oriented company so i'm not trying you know i have the, the business it's not it's not a hobby no 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 it's it's you know <laughs> i have the business development manager signature so i'm always trying to remind everybody that we're not goddamn hippies uh, yeah. <laughs> but but for us money is is important for other things so mm. uh so what what macro breweries do is like they are there, so their their main goal is to generate to create money, and what the micro breweries do is they are there to create great beer. So the core mm. business is like super different. Even though like you know uh, from the distance it may look like we do all the same stuff, but that couldn't be really just you know further from the truth. Uh, yeah. And and I'm always saying that we're profit oriented. Because, uh, we need to be able to afford the quality equipment, the quality ingredients, and we need to make sure that our crew is being paid right. Uh, and yeah, if, you know, if, if this tree is happening, then I'm happy. And, uh, and yeah, then, then we can go back to this uh, dream world where money is not a thing. But, uh, (laughs) you know, we have 16 people working for us, uh, you know, I, I cannot tell them to, you know, uh, pay, uh, pay their rent with our dreams. So, no.
1: <laughs> so yeah,
0: so, so we need to, we need to be really like, uh, wise in, in not just creating fancy labels and speaking with nice words to, to, to the people on social media.
1: Hmm. Uh, it makes sense and you mentioned it it uh, the search of of quality and uh and uh, one of the things which which I've also seen uh, of course the bear project something that is happening now which is uh, directly towards consumers so to speak but then you have a project which is uh, what you call the future of mad scientist which is um mad x um tell me a little about the the, the future of mad scientist which is this uh, this project well, it's a, it's a, I wouldn't
0: say it's a, it's a future of mad it's, it's one of those love projects as well, uh, how we spend our money. <laughs> so, so Mad-X is, is, is I believe, it's, it's, it's the past and the future if we wanted to put on these flashy labels on things. We started that project in 2018. We spent 100,000 euros on that. We filled and separated room Uh, with uh, uh, mostly Hungarian barrels, white wine barrels, red wine barrels, and champagne furthers. And Mm. I'm not saying we're working with our own culture. Maybe we can talk about our own culture in a few years. But we have a really interesting mix of pedo, lacto, and bread, Mm. And uh, there we work with real fruits from the farm to the table from organic trusted growers only the best uh, pieces and uh, berries are selected and so on so while in the clean brew house you know I, I don't need to explain this in the clean brew house we, we work with uh, concentrates and purees uh, like on the on the medic side we get the chance to work with uh, with local ingredients and, and that is just mm. beautiful uh, one of my favorite releases from from our souring facility is uborka uh, salata and funk. Uborka salata is the cucumber salad, is the Hungarian mm. cucumber salad with the vinegar, sour cream, and uh, red paprika on the top. And we created that as a as a four uh, percent wild ale, which was just beautiful. It's just a perfect starter before the meal. Or if you're just, you know, going out with your friends on a really long Friday night and you need something between heavy IPAs or Imperial Styles to clean your palate and it will do, you know, the perfect job. Or let's say you're just leaving the premises at uh, 3am in the morning. So you're just Mm. grabbing one big bottle, you know, because the road is uh, long uh, till the bus stop. So you just, you know, you just (laughs) want to make sure you have the zero point, uh, uh, 75 bottle uh, with some cucumber juice with you. So yeah, mm. it's, a, it's, it's, it's a great phenomenon and while we really have uh, a scientific approach when it comes to brewing with the braggarts, with the, the meads, the imperial stouts, you know, release dates and deadlines and whatever, you know, we're always stressing out if uh, if the label is gonna be ready on time. If the mm. fermentation will stop on time, whatever. Madex, uh, the beer gets ready when it gets ready. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> it's you know we 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 cannot crush that. No. And our head brewer Balázs Földi, uh, he's the manager of that. And uh, most of the time, we have, we have you know no idea what that that's his realm. Sometimes he yeah. just takes the crew <laughs> to work there, like hey, you know. Where are the boys? And it turns out, you know, everybody's being busy at the X facility. Mm. But uh, and and they were like, yeah, the beer is ready. You can you can start working on the label and whatever. It's really yeah. it's 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 a different approach and it's a different environment. Uh, more and more, more and more bars uh, start to discover the beauty of it mm. uh, because these were designed to 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 meet the needs of uh, let's say a bistro environment. Well, I'm not saying Michelin star environment because in Hungary, if you go to a Michelin star restaurant, you can still see dreher, for example. That's, yep. uh, the Krabby Revolution never t- really touched that kind of part. No worries. No, no worries. Uh, <laughs> they, they 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 will get there as well. Yep. <laughs> but uh but yeah it's uh it's really designed to to meet those needs and uh in 2018 when we started in 19 and 20 and corona and whatever so it was a lot of discussions and and we had to make sure you know people understand where we were coming from if you're uh, you know, saying that hey, you know, this sour is from Cantillon. You know, people will be like, "Wow, Cantillon!" You know, I love mm. Cantillon. That's you know, I love to <laughs> I love to visit it. But uh, but you know, if it's coming from Eastern Europe, people will be like, "No, man, uh, we don't <laughs> we don't want the stuff." So, but but I understand. Uh, we we always need to work a bit harder, and mm. and, uh, and I find uh, I find happiness in that. I find beauty in that because. You can copy a recipe, you can make similar labels or, you know, cold beers, this and that. But there is one thing you cannot, oh no, no. let's say there are two things you cannot copy Uh, creativity and hard work. I mean, you need to do it. You need to, you need to like grind so hard in it and and get deep down and dirty to be able to do so. So I challenge everybody uh, to. To, yeah, to work hard. Uh, Mm. That's uh, that's the thing. That's that's the secret. The secret that there is no secret. Success doesn't have a secret. Success has a price. And that price, you know, sometimes is that, you know, on a Friday night, you know, your friends are having, you know, drinks here and there or doing drugs over there. Whatever, you know, whatever they do, visit shows. And you're just sitting in front of the laptop, or just still at the brewery and and doing stuff because you know you want to reach your goals, and that's that's the only way how you can do that.
1: Is that that perhaps the, so? So Maddox using like uh, alternate fermentation, like the Bacillus Brettanomyces, using time in the barrels, uh, making both meads and and beers, as you mentioned, locally sourced um, uh, fruits. It, Is this maybe what is necessary to add to a portfolio to create that success, to reach out into different kind of uh, um, audiences in the way that you're doing?
0: I wouldn't recommend this to anybody adding this kind of project (laughs) in their portfolio, honestly. Uh, I mean, if we are talking about business-wise solutions, you know, you need to do New England IPAs, triple IPAs and heavy Imperial Stouts and uh, heavily fruited sours that are not sours uh, like the the mm. overall mouthfeel of the industry and this is a, like a really personal note so mm. you know you can disagree with me uh, but the way I've seen at these big craft beer festivals like Boreft and TCBW and you know Art Beer Fest, Camino, Beer Geek Madness uh, that uh, all the palates the drinkers is moving more and more on the sweet side everything is really sweet the ipas you know big american uh new England ipas like they are like really sweet the imperial stouts you know like everything is packed with sugars and if not artificial flavors then real flavors uh, making it, you know, like a diabetes bomb (laughs) and, you know, even as I told you like even the fruited sours they are specked with with sweet fruits and vanilla that in the end the fruited sours are not uh, sour anymore Mm. I mean, obviously yeah, I can feel like you know, I'm the old guy right now in the room like, you know, being (laughs) grumpy again like, yeah, I remember like beers used to be bitter but like, don't get this wrong Uh, but... Uh, so, if you want to create these uh, these bestsellers, uh, you need to you need to please the crowd. You need to be a crowd pleaser. And the way I see ourselves, the way I see what we are doing, we make many mistakes. We we go into many dead ends as well, and it's all good. Uh, we accepted the fact because we are. Uh we are not uh, fulfilling the needs of the current market. We are creating the potential beers for the future. We are just uh, creating beers for the early adopters. And yeah, sometimes, you know sometimes we, we did this uh, this really smoothie style uh, that was our first meet, techno Viking, it's a mellow, mellow with uh, mango yuzu, and raspberries and it was uh, it was really like a smoothie smoothie kind of beer and mm. and the uh, like the early adopters loved it but the majority of the scene hated it because because the bottle you know your your glass it was you know full of smudge it was like you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. so we were like okay yeah let's forget about it and then you know the smoothie style craze it was just coming in and we were like yeah, like we've done it and people hated it and right now it's a trend. <laughs> and the same with, uh, you know, but but let's say Imperial Pastry Sours, I'm not saying we've been the first one to do it because it would be a really stupid thing to claim, you know, I did it first uh, and probably it wouldn't be true. And yeah, it doesn't even matter. But we've been really uh, doing that uh, before the majority of the scene. So high ABV, high acidity, Vanilla and uh, creating this kind of roller coaster mouth feel that your beer wasn't getting dull or boring, uh, mm. not at the beginning of the can or or not at the end of it. So it was always like mm. a, a journey, uh, and yeah. So we we've been we've been really like taking pride in that. What I'm what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is that that. Uh, I believe the key to, I mean, my my advice, if 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 I had to give advice, like, yeah, don't start a souring facility because mm. uh, the like uh, some some people call these bottles like big bottles dust collectors on the shelves. Mm. So yeah, it's 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 not an easy market, but uh, but yeah, I would uh, I would say that. Uh, just have a strict vision and stay true to it, and mm. and just pull it through. Like people, people will not, uh, people will not gonna remember. Like yeah, I remember those guys in 2019. They had a great beer. They remember. Like if you've done, you know, an honest job. Recently, I've been to, for example, to Slowburn in Denmark, and uh, uh, I was uh, I was amazed that they have this reputation in the Danish scene of creating amazing uh, lagers and Mm. uh, Italo-Pilses and hellas and whatever, you know, bottom-fermented stuff. And it was just so great that, you know, you can get recognition for doing something like that. And their beers are just really on point, actually. Uh, So they do, you know, they do so many things, but they just have this uh, reputation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I believe that when people think of mad scientists, no, I hope when people think of mad scientists, they're not thinking about the barrel project or Mad X or meat scientist or whatever they, they will, they would, you know, recognize that, yeah, there are a few crazy uh, boys and girls in Budapest breaking their backs. To do to do something quality and something something good, you know, maybe maybe not all the beers are for you. What we do because I don't like. I mean, it's impossible to like you know all that wide spectrum of the beers we do. Yeah. Uh, but there's one thing you know you can be sure about, and that one thing is that we're doing our very best to create something that we think it's quality and it matches the style and it will bring you happiness. Uh, when you're enjoying it with your friends or at home alone or whatever.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think there is no doubt the, the passion that uh, that you put in every bottle, it, it shines through. Even if it's a, a crazy uh, non-money-making uh, project like uh, Mad X, <laughs> or if it's, a, like you said, a, a, a tasty... Um, uh, a tasty uh, IPA with bitterness. Uh, I think. Uh, I think we know what to get when we get the Mad Scientist, uh, Martin. I I really appreciate your uh, your time. Um, I think you've showcased the importance of uh, of being diverse, but also really being dedicated to to the craft. And uh, uh, if so, there is a more developed market than, than Hungary, uh, but I think you're in a very unique position uh, because you're in, in an emerging market, a learning market, a, a developing market. Uh, if you had like one advice or one uh, learnings that you have gotten that maybe some of the people in more, uh, in more uh, evolved markets maybe have gotten, what would, that, what would that be here on the end of the, the episode?
0: Oh, I'm, I, I hate to give advice. I just, you know, it's, uh, then, you know, you sound like somebody who's, uh, no, no, I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound like, you know, somebody who's who's the been there, done that guy. I just, yeah, the, the way I said it. Because it's not really about the market. You can always have excuses. And we keep forgetting it, that you know nobody had uh, our heads to gunpoint to start working with beer. So this is, for the majority of us, it's a, it's a choice of life and a choice of lifestyle. And mm-hmm. if you're not finding happiness in the process, then you're doing something wrong. It's not, it's not always, you know, glitter and gold, uh, I mean, struggle is real sometimes, uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, I need, you know, I believe we need constant reminder like why we started this and we are still the most privileged uh, people uh, on earth because because we can make a living uh, out of our hobbies and we can have a hell of a good time while doing mm. that. I mean uh you know technically we're working right now but i really enjoyed this conversation and uh, and when you know we're tasting the beers and when we're developing the beers and we go to festivals it's always a blast so mm. so yeah you, like if if i had something to say that like this would be something to say that uh, that don't forget you know where we're coming from and don't forget to take pride and to 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 keep working on your happiness uh, because because uh, if uh, if you are worried about the sales or the mold bill or the carbonization or whatever, I mean you can always be worried about this stuff but uh, but if, uh, if all you do is worry like you know you can you can always go back to your office job, you know you you quit a few years ago like there's nothing wrong with that but uh, but yeah. Don't uh, don't give up on happiness. That's uh, mm. that's my last cliche I can say in this uh, episode <laughs> Sorry about that. I can see I can already see like cliches with Martin. This this is yeah. my style.
1: <laughs> no, but you it, it is like you said. Sometimes it's uh, it's it can be hard to uh, to remember why we started. Uh, in this business, when, like you said, we are worrying about rising uh, prices on everything because of inflation or uh, sickness of colleagues, which uh, I mean, there is always something to worry about. So, remembering that, I think it's a it's a very nice uh, way to to end the uh, end episode. Martin, I, I really appreciate the, the time and that we could uh, can make this happen. And I um, I look forward. And maybe I should put the uh, Budapest beer week back on uh, the to do list for for twenty twenty four. And uh, and it's, taste a nice some, uh, taste. it's a nice
0: excuse. It's a nice excuse. Excuse to visit us you know it's may the sun is shining and yeah, we're having a blast yeah please Uh, please uh, visit us
1: i appreciate it thank you very much martin thank you for the talk thank you so much uh hope to
0: hope to share some beers with you in the future so we can we can
1: keep talking about cliches in real life (laughs) cliches and beer i like it thank you thanks a lot (laughs) I just want to thank Martin for joining the podcast and for sharing the uh, unique mentality and story behind Mad Scientist with uh, all of us. In this podcast, we're going all around the world of fermentation. So do not forget to subscribe to the podcast to get this whole season. And as always, sharing is caring. So uh, feel free to share this with someone you think will enjoy a unique Hungarian brewery history. Uh, And until next time, have fun, drink well and take care.